0: you fought with God and men and you've won? How is that? I haven't won anything. The way of victory is surrender. And I love the Lord, how gracious he is. He comes to him and he says, I'm in charge now, Jacob. You win. You win by surrendering. And how those words must have seemed absurd to a man sitting there on that hill that we looked at as pain is arcing up his hip, his, up and down his body from that out of joint hip. And he must have thought to himself, kind of a God are you?
1: Face to the God who reigns above.
0: Loaded question when the Lord asked it. What's your name? It was Will. No, 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 no. What are you known by, Jacob? And for him, <laughs> his name fits his life perfectly. I can almost imagine Jacob kind of slumping down and saying, Jacob, heel catcher. The guy who trusts in his own strength to take whatever he needs to from everybody else. That simple admission of his name sums up his entire life to this point. Thus it is more than just an answer. It's a confession. I'm Jacob. I deserve everything I have at this point. Everything that's happened today, it's my fault. Most of us upon hearing such a confession would probably say, yep, you're getting what you deserve. See you later the Lord. Surrender is a way to victory. Jacob, you have prevailed. You've won because you gave in. And and so my question tonight is, have you surrendered everything, you know? Have you come to that place where you say, Lord, I yield everything to you, everything to you?
1: Hello, and welcome to In the Word, a ministry of Calvary Chapel of Orlando. I'm your host, Nate Elliott, as we join Senior Pastor Will Ramirez in the book of Genesis. Last time in Genesis 32, we saw Jacob was on his way back to his father's land. But he was worried about Esau coming to kill him still, after all these years. Esau decided to make the trip to visit Jacob with 400 men. While waiting, Jacob cried out to God, but then devised his own plan to try to ensure his own safety. That night, a man came and started to wrestle with Jacob. We will pick up here with Pastor Will in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24.
0: There he is. Verse 24 comes and says, and Jacob was left alone. Semicolon, which again, he's there alone for a while. Now, I don't think Jacob's about to cut and run. He had done that before though. So I don't know. It's possibly sends everybody off and he thinks, if I could, man, I could just go right now and get away because that's what he'd done in the past, right? I don't think he's going to do that because his prayer for his family, his concern for his family and his prayer seems very sincere. You can take the, oh, good, you got it off, okay. Uh, but it was an option to just cut and run. And while Jacob wrestled with whatever options he was contemplating, maybe I can try this. No, it's not going to work. Maybe I can try this. At that point, God says, enough is enough. It's time for a cage match, bro. You know, I'm done. We're done. We're done contemplating. We're done scheming. And so notice it says, there wrestled a man with him. It does not say, and Jacob wrestled with man. There are those who try to take this passage and spiritualize it, spiritualize it, and say Jacob wrestled in prayer with God. Listen, no, no, no. Jacob does not initiate this conflict. Okay, he is sitting there, you know, in, in the in the thinker pose, you know, go, what do I do? And all of a sudden, somebody comes crashing out of the bushes, and I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they maybe taunt him at first. I don't know. You know, maybe he said something about his mom. I don't know. But he he comes out, and 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 at some point. They start to tussle. They start to fight. They start to scrap. Okay? And the initiator of the conflict is God. Okay? And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. The implication of those words that all of a sudden there came this man that wrestled with him is that Jacob wasn't expecting it. Jacob was not expecting it. Now, who is this man? We know from Hosea 12, which we'll get to in a moment, that it says it was an angel, but um, obviously many times the Lord is referred to as the angel of the Lord in Scripture. And so most likely it's the Lord Jesus himself, since the Father and the Holy Spirit don't manifest in human form. Uh, But Jacob doesn't know that at this point. He doesn't know who he is. All that he knows is that he's in a fight for his life. And you know, the truth is we're all in a fight for our lives. But sometimes we're fighting against the one who desires to take care of us. And so when we're doing that, God will initiate a conflict in order to get our attention so that we can start fighting the right way. See, (laughs) Jacob isn't going to think his way out of this one. If he could sit there all night long, but that sun's coming up and there is no answer forthcoming. So he can sit there all night. He isn't going to think his way out of this one no matter how hard he tries There's only one way out, and that's trusting the Lord to keep his promise, period. One of my favorite Bible teachers said, God wanted all of Jacob's proud self-reliance and fleshly scheming, and he came to take it by force if necessary. The Lord loves us enough to do that sometimes. Unfortunately, though, Jacob is a bit stubborn, and they wrestle till the breaking of day, till the dawn is just starting to come up. Verse 25, and when he, that's the man, so this is the Lord, saw that he prevailed not against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. So God injures Jacob here. Now, it mentions here, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, listen, God could crush Jacob at any moment. The fact that he touches his thigh and takes out a joint proves that, Okay. The point was, God wasn't there. His goal was not to defeat Jacob. His goal was to get Jacob to yield willingly, right? To say uncle. That was the, the goal was to get Jacob to say uncle, not pummel him into smithereens. But Jacob isn't yielding. And so God had to make the situation worse. And so he touched him. The word there means to strike, usually with violence. God had held back to this point. All night long, God had held back. But now, with time running out, he doesn't. And it leaves Jacob in a worse spot than he was before, right? Because now he can't even cut and run. Now he can't even fight. So verse 26, he, that's the Lord, said, let me go for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go except you bless me. Now, God isn't a vampire. It's not like the sun comes up and he's got to get back home, okay? <laughs> you, know, that, that, I, you know, we read this and we're like, ooh, what's that, you know? He's not worried about the sunlight. In fact, I don't think the Lord's using it in a negative way. I, I think it's, it's really simple. You know, he takes Jacob's hip at a joint and Jacob is holding on for dear life because he's got nothing left. And the Lord says to him, Jacob, you need to let me go because your day is here. You have a meeting. Your time's up. He's reminding Jacob that the day he's been worried about is now here. And despite all the striving, all the conniving, and even the fighting, he's lost. You've lost, Jacob. And at this point, Jacob bursts into tears and begs for a blessing. You say, I read this and it doesn't sound like that at all. Well, turn over to Hosea chapter 12 with me, referring to Jacob. Hosea 12, verses 3 and 4. He took his brother by the heel in the womb. By his strength, he had power with God. That's a bad translation. Uh, It means just that he struggled with God. We get the impression sometimes that Jacob overpowered God. Not the case. The word there, to have power, just means he struggled with him. He fought with him. So he took his brother by the heel in the womb and by his strength, he struggled with God. Everything he had with him, he fought with God. Yeah, he struggled over the angel or struggled with the angel. And then it says he prevailed. More on that in a moment, but here it is. He wept and made supplication. It's the phrase there refers to pleading with. He pleaded with him for a blessing. So we go back to Genesis and it mentions here, he says, I will not let you go except you bless me. It sounds demanding, but it comes from a word that means to extend or reach out the hand. It's much more pleading, and it might be better translated as, I cannot let you go unless you bless me, because he had nowhere else to turn at this point. He couldn't even run anymore. And so there in that desperate place of surrender, the Lord offers him the best blessing he could have, a new name. And the Lord said unto him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. The word for name is the same word that means also one's reputation or how one is known by others. It's a loaded question when the Lord asks it. What's your name? Name is Will. No, 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 no. What are you known by, Jacob? And for him, <laughs> his name fits his life perfectly. I can almost imagine Jacob kind of slumping down and saying, "Jacob, heel catcher, the guy who trusts in his own strength to take whatever he needs to from everybody else." That simple admission of his name sums up his entire life to this point. And thus that is more than just an answer. It's a confession. I'm Jacob. I deserve everything I have at this point. Everything that's happened today, it's my fault. And most of us, upon hearing such a confession, would probably say, yep, you're getting what you deserve. See you later. But not the Lord. And we ask the question, what's in a name? Well, when it's the Lord doing the naming... It's everything. And so the Lord doesn't walk off, doesn't say you're getting what you deserve, and he said unto him, not anymore. Your name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince you have power with God, you you have power with God, or you've struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. What's your name? Jacob. You're wrong, Jacob. That's who you were. It's not who you are, not from this day forward. Turn to 1 Corinthians 6 with me. Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, for neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Don't those words just breathe life? Such were some of you. That's the power of the gospel. Such were some of you. You used to be an idolater. You used to be homosexual. You used to be a thief. You used to be a reviler. You used to be an extortioner. But now you've been washed. Now you've been sanctified. Now you've been justified. God's glorious grace has set you free. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, we read, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, right? Old things have passed away all things are become new. That very popular song right now, How Can It Be, in its chorus, it says, you plead my cause, you right my wrongs, you break my chains, you overcome. You gave your life to give me mine. You say that I am free. How can it be? How can it be? And can it be that I should gain Savior's love? No more, Jacob. Your name is now going to be Israel. Now, the word Israel means God rules, similar similar to Daniel, which means God judges. God rules, or God is in charge, or God governs, or God is the prince. What the Lord is saying to him is, I'm in charge now, Jacob. You've been in charge, but I'm in in charge now that you've come to the end of yourself. Now, if God had left it there, there might be a bit of hostility. Okay, God, I guess you're the boss now, but okay, until I can figure this out, we'll go along with it. But but God doesn't leave it there. He explains in in Genesis 32, verse 28, and he says, For as a prince or as a ruler, you have struggled with God and with men, and the Lord tells him, and you have prevailed to have the victory, is what that means. We read it in Hosea too. You've prevailed? Wait, 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 wait. Time out. You just lost, okay? You just got beat up, all right? What do you mean what do you mean you've prevailed, okay? You fought with God and men and you've won? How is that? I have not want anything. But the way of victory is surrender. And I love the Lord, how gracious he is. He comes to him and he says, I'm in charge now, Jacob. You win. You win by surrendering. And how those words must have seemed absurd to a man sitting there on that hill that we looked at as pain is arcing up his hip, up and down his body from that out of joint hip. And he must have thought to himself, what kind of a God are you? (laughs) I win. (laughs) Can't walk. It seemed almost too good to be true. And So Jacob asks, verse 29, and Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray you, your name. What are you like? See, his dad knew him. His grandpa knew him. Jacob never knew him. Isaac had seen him on the mount when he was going to be offered. Jacob had never seen that saw him in a dream, and that was about it. But here now, the Lord is face to face with him. He's like, who are you? (laughs) What's your name? What are you like? Because this sounds crazy to me. Are you really this good? And God's response? (laughs) He said, wherefore is it that you do ask after my name? (laughs) You know, what's you tell me? Pray, who are you? And the Lord says, Why are you asking? You already know the answer. And you know, God's response to him is so deep. I could spend two or three weeks just on this verse alone because there's so much here. I mean, I, I mean in this, just, just a few things to touch on. You know, he, he's speaking to Jacob, and, in, and when Jacob's saying, You know, he, he said, who are you? I'm Jacob. Not anymore. You're going to change. You're going to be Israel. I'm going to be in charge now. And you've won, Jacob. Who are you? Well, see, Jacob, I'm not the one that changes. I don't change, you know? You're the one that changes. God's saying, you know who I am. I don't need to further explain because it's a statement of God, a declaration of God's perfection that all he is and all he does is right and needs no altering. We are the ones who need to change, conforming ourselves to his way of doing things. But you know, it's interesting. Jacob's used to making deals with people and it's also a declaration. God, I'm not. he said, I'm not making any deals with you, Jacob. You know, you're not changing my name too, you know? He says, I gave you a promise, and I'm not budging from that. You're just going to have to trust me. And so there, after not answering his question, or just asking why he's asking who I am, you know who I am, and I love it. Jacob asked for a blessing. He got the best one, which was a new name, but then the Lord just blesses him right there. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds good, doesn't It sounds really good. She's lying there in the dirt, and in pain, and the Lord just blesses them. That guy who'd stubbornly fought with him all night, the Lord, it's gone. It's forgiven. Just like we've been washed and forgiven, right? He just blesses him right there. Well, verse 30, Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Peniel just means the face of God. It's that hill that we saw in that picture. And there, as God goes, we don't know where he goes. It doesn't say he goes, but we know he goes. And Jacob finally realizes the magnitude of what just happened that, that he had been rescued by the Lord. That's what the word preserved there means to be saved, spared, or rescued. And you know what? Jacob had no clue how this was going to play out. Because did anything has anything changed at this point, aside from his own relationship with God? Esau's still coming, and he still doesn't have any clue how it's going to work out. None of that's changed. But Jacob figures if he could stand before the creator of the universe and be forgiven for all his pride and stubbornness, then surely God must have a plan to deal with his brother. That's just, that's, 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 that's like you know, dessert compared to all, everything he's just gone through. And so he passed over Peniel, as he passed over, and as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose up upon him, and he halted or limped upon his thigh. Therefore, the children of Israel do not eat of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, unto this day, because God had struck the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the, in the sinew that that shrank. Now, that little tidbit there, remember, Moses is writing to people out in the desert. That's his audience. And so he's, that's for them. Because it is, it's an explanation of something they did, but they didn't know why. And so, you know, Jewish people today, actually, they don't eat any of the hind legs at all, because it's extremely difficult to get to those joint muscles without ruining all the meat. So you just don't eat the hind legs. But I find this interesting. <laughs> What a, what a, <laughs> he goes up on the mountain, you know, he's thinking, he's planning everything out, you know, and and, and you know waiting it out, and then he comes crossing the river, you know, <laughs> but he's better prepared to meet Esau than he was the night before, even though he's crippled. God forgave Jacob, but he didn't heal his limp. Why? Well. That was the place where Jacob finally broke down and surrendered. And he needed to stay there. And you want to know the cool part? Jacob's attitude toward his injury becomes one of the two things mentioned about him in the Hall of Faith chapter in Hebrews 11. It he mentions that by faith he blessed his, uh, the two sons of Joseph. And then, let me read it to you Hebrews 12. I don't know the verse. 20-something, 21. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed both the sons of Joseph and he worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. The two things that his life is going to be remembered for, the one of those two things is that he worshipped, leaning upon that staff that helped him walk, resting upon the very thing that was the place of brokenness. The place of injury the place where God struck him, the place where God defeated him, the place of surrender became a place of gratitude and worship. Jacob is by far my most, my favorite character in all the Bible because he's starting now on this journey of a relationship with God and it's gonna get even better. And you know, Jesus taught us that the way up is down, right? The way to victory is in surrender, one in which we get a new name too. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, in writing to the church, he says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcomes, does that sound familiar? To him that wins, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in that stone a new name written, which no man knows, except he that receives it. Some day, because you surrendered, you're going to stand before him, and he's going to say, I got something for you. On that day, I gave you a new name. Here it is. It would be neat to find out what that name is, won't it? Listen, I know that there are times when you think, but if I surrender, I'm, I'm going to end up I mean, I'm gonna like Jacob. I'm going to be limping. Whenever God breaks, though, so let me promise you this. You're in a better place than whatever you were before. Surrender is a way to victory. Jacob, you have prevailed. You've won because you gave in. And, and so my question tonight is, have you surrendered everything, you know? Have you come to that place where you say, Lord, I yield everything to you, everything to you. I want to follow you no matter what. I'm going to trust you no matter what. No more scheming, no more thinking it out, no more plotting it out. I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to do what your word says and believe that you keep your promise, even when it means I'm walking into a 401-man army. I'm sure Esau's ready to fight too, in his mind. Esau's actually not, but that Jacob doesn't know that. With a limp, <laughs> but with God's promise and knowing that means you're okay. Surrender is the place to be. Amen? Let's pray. As the worship team comes forward, Lord, we thank you so much for this amazing story of, of Lord, what you, you've done with it. You've given us a new name already. We, we are called forgiven. We've been washed. We've been sanctified. We are the justified. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Lord, there are times I look at it and I think I'm none of that stuff, but that's what you declare us to be. Because, Lord, you know the end. And you're working in us. And, Lord, it starts with that place of surrender. Like Jacob, Lord, we, we bring whatever it is right now that, that you're dealing with. Maybe, even on just start, maybe we've never come to that place. where just say, Lord, I, I'm done. I really am going to leave it at your feet, and I am going to surrender all to you. I give you my life. Whatever it is right now that you got your finger on, we do surrender to you. We give it all to you, all to Jesus I surrender. Nothing back at all. We give it to you. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Jacob can say he wrestled God and won because Jacob surrendered. This is how we can have victory in life. Surrendering to God's will and purposes God is looking to bless you And to give you more than you could ever imagine But you must surrender to His will Till then, we are just wrestling God God will not destroy us But He will let us continue Till we wholeheartedly and obediently surrender to Him Don't waste your time Surrender to Him And He will give you the victory But if you have questions Or would like prayer concerning this Or for anything at all please reach out to us. You can reach us at Calvary Chapel Orlando at 407-523-0800 during our office hours Tuesday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. This has been In the Word with Pastor Will, a ministry of Calvary Chapel Orlando. You can listen to all of Pastor Will's sermons and find other valuable resources online at www.calvarychapelorlando.com or on the Calvary Chapel Orlando app available on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you for joining us today. We will see you next time as we continue to learn, walk, and live in the Word.